Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Health Talk. I am your host, Dr. Neeru Prasad, with my background in pediatrics, emergency medicine, and urgent care. The theme of our Health Talk today is the respiratory syncytial virus, in other words, the RSV virus, affecting our children, adults, and senior citizens, and an advice about the, about the vaccination. Joining us today as my guest speaker is, is Dr. Roshta Malik, and she's an infectious disease physician practicing in the Oakland County, and she's going to highlight our viewers about the viruses, since she is the expertise. Very happy to have her. Good morning, Rashta, and welcome to my show. Thank you so much. Good morning to you as well, Dr. Prasad. It's always um, a really delight for me to be here with you, and I think today we have a very important topic Yes. Power. Yes. Especially in this season. Yeah. So especially, you know, since this is the epidemic, it's a going on about now people are not talking too much about COVID. I this know. one has surged. Right. The right. COVID. So, uh, so before we get started, can you just give you a short introduction to our viewers? Yes. Um, so I'm infectious disease physician, and I am um, working um, in the local community serving people in the community. I take care of acute and chronic infections, and uh, I'm happy to be here today to talk about those infections as well. That is very good. I have heard a lot of good things about you. Anyway, so now, tell me, first question, what is this RSV virus? Yeah, so as you said, you know, people were so centered on COVID for last three years. Right, then yeah. what we saw in 2022, that RSV start emerging as the common viral infection causing common colds and sniffles and that's where people start looking into it more and more and because the other important thing is that we do have vaccine recommendations right. for adults now so I think it's really important that pe people know about it. RSV stands for respiratory syncytial virus. It is a single-stranded uh, RNA virus and it's been in the nature for a very long time. Yeah. History showed us that it was part of um, um, virus group that was first found in, in, 19, in, in 1930s. 1930, yeah. yeah. And chimpanzees uh, were also diagnosed with that, and later on it was started as a human virus. It is a more common cause of childhood illness. We right, see a lot of yeah. kids with cough and sniffles all the time. Mm. Um, it can cause just a cold-like symptoms, but it can cause a severe disease, especially in older adults and young yeah. infants. And, and that's why we want to make, and of course, yeah. immunocompetent patient as well. Um, we know that um, the season usually start, we start seeing RSV infection, you know, kind of flaring up more, start in the fall, and then it peaks in winter. So I think it's a really good time to talk about that. Good time to yeah. talk about here. Yeah. So now please tell me what are the symptoms? How I, I know in children with my pediatrics background, I used to see all those little infants, you know, on, on, with the RS virus. and But we didn't have immunization at that time when mm -hmm. I was doing 
residency, right. but right. now things have improved so right. much. So can you briefly describe, you know, uh, the symptoms and the complications of this virus? Right. So RSV infection um, can cause symptoms like sneezing, running nose, uh, coughing, congestion. It can also cause fever, and also kids and other people can start wheezing as well. Some people end up having difficulty breathing because of that episodic cough and congestion. Mm -hmm. Now, these symptoms can come in phases. So, for example, uh, kids can have, uh, you know, people who are infected with RSV virus can have some sneezing and runny nose with fever, yeah, and then yeah. it can further on mm -hmm. go to congestion and cough and further symptoms. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about the high-risk indi individuals? We will start from the infants first, right. and babies. Right. The, so, the you know, that's the really um, the um, depth of the depth and breadth of this severity of this virus is that it can cause severe infection at the two extreme of the ages. Yeah. So very young and they, the very yeah. old, old can get yeah. the very severe disease. When we talk about severe disease, we are talking about bronchiolitis, which is the inflammation of the lower and smaller airways of the lung. Right. And then we also talk about pneumonia, which is infection of the lung itself. Right. So when people have pneumonia or bronchiolitis, they have difficulty breathing. They have difficulty breathing to a point that they cannot eat and drink. People get dehydrated. And at the same time, when they have all these symptoms, they get sick enough that they require hospitalization. So when we talk, talk about these two extreme of ages, who are the people who are at high right. risk? When we first start with infant or younger kids, younger kids babies, babies it's especially the premature infants, um, yeah. are the ones um, who are at high risk. Then younger kids, six months and up to 12 months of age, are yeah. at higher risk. Now, children younger than two years of age, if they have chronic lung disease or heart disease, congenital heart disease, congenital. they are at high risk. Could cystic fibrosis be one of them? Yes. So the yeah. cystic fibrosis... I used to see little babies, right. cystic fibrosis with that. Cystic fibrosis is a chronic right. lung disease, and, and kids who have this um, disease, they are at higher risk, mm -hmm. especially they are unable to handle their secretions, right. clear yeah. their mucus, yeah. so it settles. and it causes more infection in these cases, especially in those people, they have more chances of having RSV infection going deeper down, causing lower respiratory oh. tract infection. Also, kids with neuromuscular disorder, Right. Um, again, the whole idea is that they cannot clear their secretions, mm. and then mucus buildup lead to further unable to right to unable excrete. to, to so excrete the mucus out. It can cause mm. further lowering down of the infection. Virus going deep down to the yeah. lung. Um, when we talk about older adults, yeah. um, anyone who has uh, any comorbidities, mm -hmm. um, including heart disease. Lung disease, including COPD yeah. and asthma, they are at higher risk. I do have a couple slides to yeah, give you a little yeah. idea that what what we are looking at and what we are seeing. We know that since COVID, that was the first time when we start seeing death toll going that high with the viral in, in illness. Yeah. See, 
pneumococcal pneumonia also. Yeah, I was going to it. ask you that about the that pneumococcal pneumonia. And after these yeah. two uh, infections, now we see that RSV infection can also cause that toll up to 14,000 deaths in yeah. yearly because of this disease. Mm. Um, the, um, you know, there are millions, more than million people every year go to urgent care and outpatient settings yes, yes. for RSV infection. Also, we see that um, there is an increased burden of these patients who come out of the hospitalization after the RSV infection, they have cognitive deficit. They have increased burden of having loss of ability to work independently. Yeah, and yeah. So a lot those of these the... older adults end up in the nursing home. So this is again a increased burden of more the disease cause of causing morbidity more and... comorbidity and you know loss of their healthy lifestyle. And also, you know, I have noticed smoking plays a significant role, right? Exactly. Yeah, with this, uh, we're talking about the, you know, our teenagers and adults, school, college going, you know, who use Exactly, so what, what we are seeing is better. that people are getting more asthmatic reactive airway yeah. diseases, people oh. are getting more asthma and um, coughing spells because of use of these, you know, um, drugs, smoking, yeah, and vaping. Right. And at early age, kids are having more respiratory illnesses. And anyone who has these chronic reactive airway disease, they're at high risk of getting RSV infection, and especially severe disease from yeah, RSV yeah. infection. So, so we will. You have brought some some good slides. So first of all. Can you explain us about those anatomy? The first one is the, the virus. Yeah, Such so a DNA and RNA. You know, it takes me so long. It took me a long time to understand the yeah. DNA and the RNA, uh, how the virus becomes an antigen. Okay. Right. So it's a single-stranded RNA and mm. a virus. And you can, um, just on this slide, what I want to show people is that there is an envelope protein called fusion protein, which is mm -hmm. F protein, and that has been in a major development for vaccine that is important, that play important role in vaccine. Fusion protein. Next slide, please. Okay. Um, this is what we were talking about for a major killer. What we see have a death toll higher, including SARS-CoV virus, influenza virus, and pneumococcal bacteria causing pneumococcal pneumonia, but also RSV is there as a sweeping toll of 14,000 hospitalizations and death in older adults. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, you can see on this slide the annual uh, burden of the disease in adults above yeah, 60 years of so age much. that we have around 3.4 million acute respiratory illness happening. And out, about, out of those, 1.7 million people have outpatient visits. And from those, you can see that around 177,000 people hospitalized every mm. year. And if we look at from those people, around eight to 14,000 deaths happening every year. Yeah. Which tells you that this is a very, you know, very significant malignant virus. Exactly. <laughs> Just exactly. like we say cancer. Benign malignant, exactly. this is a malignant one. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, a lot of people have just common cold-like symptoms, but right, as I said, right, yeah. 
older adults who are above 60 years of age yes. and if they have other diseases, they are at higher risk. Um, next slide, please. So I think that's where you can see that who are the ones who have higher mortality. When they mm. looked at patients who have COPD, COPD has the who are smokers, mm -hmm. um, people who have asthma, people with diabetes, also um, people with obesity, chronic artery disease, and congestive heart failure. Mm. There was 6% more mortality in those patients as compared to other people yeah. having infection and um, you know severe disease. Um, next slide, please. Um, this is interesting data that um, published a couple yeah, years I back. I read it, you know, about this article where you acute MI, exactly. they develop after viral they, infection. They, they look at patients. It came on CNN also. It does, it, yeah. does, it did. And um, it was interesting finding that because of the stress of the virus because uh -huh. of the inflammatory changes happening throughout the body and especially happening to the cardiovascular system mm -hmm. people have more strokes people have more heart failure mm -hmm. people have more arrhythmias and in fact you know the people have more chances of having heart attack after viral after, infection uh -huh. and you can see with influenza we have rsv uh, there as well yeah is it because uh, tell me something is it because of the the virus affecting the heart muscle, cardiac muscles? You know what we call like a idiopathic yeah. myocardial syndrome or disease. So there is it what it is, or is it something different? There are, there are a number of theories, and yeah. one of them is that spasms of the coronary arteries yeah, that okay. lead to because of the virus, virus. causing a lot of inflammatory changes inside. Mm -hmm. It can cause spasms of the coronary arteries, and yeah. that can cause the acute MI, which is acute myocardial infection and heart attack. Also, increase in arrhythmia leads to thrombogenesis, yeah. which is use of, which yeah. is the development of those plaques yeah. and you know those um, clots yeah. that and can the clots obstruct the artery, and that can lead to MI. So basically, well. for our viewers to know the viral infection like this one can affect the heart muscles in different ways, whether exactly. it affects the conduction system or the muscles, exactly. or is a, is a site for the clot formation. Right. And exactly, you said that I think the other reason is that, that um, muscles uh, yeah. that goes into inflammatory response cause myocarditis, myocarditis and myocarditis yeah. can also be a risk factor for heart attack. Yeah. Next slide, please. Um, this slide tells you that not only uh, these patients who are um, dealing with the disease during hospitalization, but when they looked at the data, when patients were discharged home, hmm. around 14% of patients had lost their independence and discharge. Right. I can imagine because of the psychological... Exactly. I mean, the... the, 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 the Muscle, um, you know, weakness, the overall psychological yeah. um, loss they have, right. their cognitive function decline, mm. and they end up in uh, nursing homes. Mm. And of those 14%, they noticed that 8% had ongoing loss of independence even after six months of yeah. hospitalization. Mm. So that's a huge burden in on our community, especially exactly. older adults exactly. who are no longer be active part of the community yeah. and they are now yeah. dependent on others they have having cognitive decline they are having 
decline in their functional status, and now yeah. they are, you know, either bedbound or they are in nursing homes. And that affects the financial exactly. and again, system. It's an yeah, another right. Yeah, burden. Um, another burden. Talk yeah. about that. There's a lot of financial burden, not yeah. only on those patients and those families, mm. but overall on the community and the uh, yeah. health system itself. That's why we want to talk about the disease and tell our viewers that we are having such a um, you know hard time when we see people go through common colds. Most of the time, people are okay, but anyone who is younger than a year yeah. or anyone who is older than 60 years old, we can senior, see citizens. senior citizens, we can see a severe disease. So yeah. with all that in mind, mm -hmm. there's a lot of work going on on vaccination, right, uh, preventive yeah. vaccination. And it's been going on for years and years, but now in last few years, there's more breakthrough, mm -hmm. you know, inventions. And with that uh, FC protein we see on the envelope is causing yeah. more and more, um, you know, has more immunologic properties. Yeah. Now we have two vaccines. Mm -hmm. Those has been um, approved by CDC and FDA this year. Mm -hmm. And those two vaccines are for older adults above 60 years of age. Mm -hmm. One is from GSK. Uh, which yeah, is, there are two uh, names here, yeah, GSK. At XV. And, and the other uh, one is uh, from Pfizer at Brisbane. Those two vaccines are recommended and approved for anyone who is older than 60. Approved by FDA. Approved by FDA, who is older than 60, um, then yeah, have yeah. any multiple comorbidities who have other underlying uh, lung conditions or yeah. other underlying uh, medical condition, they can talk to their doctor and then they can make a shared clinical decision to get those vaccines. Those, Either yeah. one of those. Yeah. One of those. And it's a one-time vaccine. And then there's another one before test. It's monoclonal antibodies. There's so much significant role of monoclonal antibodies. Right. And I read a lot about this. You know, even for the children, they are using it and the adult. But can you explain about this? Right. You are so the expert. We can bring that slide now, the last slide we have. The mono. And um, that has um, more recommendations. So now how we can prevent our kids, the vaccines are for older adults, right, 60, right. but there are two ways we can uh, protect our kids mm -hmm. from having the disease. Yeah. One is if we can give um, mother vaccines, so pregnant female. Yeah. Last trimester of pregnancy, right. you can give it to the mother, right? Right, so any yeah. mother between 32 and 36 weeks of gestation can get this vaccine. This is the one from Pfizer. Yeah. This, this vaccine is recommended and approved by CDC and FDA, um, and that will prevent disease in For infant. six months, it keeps the immunity in the, the immunity infant. And okay. infants are protected. Now, if um, mother did not get vaccine, or the other way of protecting our infant is by this long-acting monoclonal antibody, yeah. and that is called uh, Bifortis or Misirvimab. Fortis, so yeah. Fortis. So this is a long-acting monoclonal antibody. Yeah, monoclonal. And yeah. that can be given to children who born entering the season for RSV infection. Mm -hmm. And that can be given to anyone between 6 months and 18 months of Is age. Is it Eight injection? Months 
It's an injection. It is an injection. An okay. Injection. Um, and that can prevent also severe respiratory severe illness. Severe RSV. Especially the severe um, low respiratory illness, which yeah. is pneumonia and bronchiolitis. Yeah. So, you know, before that, we didn't have all those during my residency. We, ne we never heard about all this. It all came, and I can see that improves the mortality. Yeah. So now, lastly, can you comment on the side effects of the vaccines? Yes, because these vaccines are new, um, and we want to make sure that our viewers and everyone knows about the mm -hmm. side effects and, you know, um, know that they are not um, um, causing any uh, any issues. There are common side effects like right, yeah. you know, the injection site pain, some swelling, swelling redness, some soreness, yeah. redness. That can happen. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the most common side effects that has been seen in trials yeah. and that has been seen after vaccination. Mm -hmm. um, some people can have a little bit of fever and a little bit of headache. Um, yeah. And those are also side effects that can be there for just one or two days and it's Could subside. be with anything, right? right. And uh, how about comment, uh, commenting a few words about the Gulenberry syndrome that right. has been reported right. in a few? Right. So there were only three cases in Pfizer study and three oh, cases okay. in uh, the, well, uh, the GSK study mm -hmm. with the neuromuscular uh, disease yeah. um, that was found in those trials. Um, in older adults, and mm. that was related to Guillain-Barre syndrome, GBS. Um, yeah, they, they did mention that um, it was not associated with the vaccine. They did not find any direct yeah, there was no documentation exactly. that this is related the, the, to the vaccine. vaccine. Uh, and um, they have mm. ongoing studies further. Mm. Um, this is looking into it. And we have only, you know, handful that of these cases, which are very small number, and we have not seen that in majority of patients. So this is something that we have to keep an eye on. Right, this yeah. is something we are not seeing mm. happening very yeah. commonly. Remember, and that's why I think we have to talk yeah, to our patients, make sure yeah. that we reassure them, yeah, and yeah. make sure that they don't have any other history mm -hmm. of these kind of disorders. Remember when the COVID started, COVID-19, and, the, and then we talked about all those syndrome in ears, you know, loss of face. So all those things, you know, they yes. were there, exactly. but now RSV took over. Right, exactly. <laughs> and you will see, I mean, there's always a fear when any vac new vaccine comes, right, with this the COVID vaccine, I mean, there are thousands and millions of people yeah, who got vaccinated. Yeah. Of course, we have very few number of cases where we have side effects, but it's not something mm -hmm. that can generalize. It's not something that we see everywhere. Right. And I think still we see a lot of good benefit coming out of those vaccines that we are able to curtail down now, you know, that pandemic. We are able to, to control, control the yes. spread of disease and we are seeing milder symptoms if people are having disease. So it's overall, I think it's a very good news, and overall it's a very good outcome and development we are seeing. So during your clinical practice, you know, you see all those patients and this and vaccine. Which one would you prefer, Moderna or the Pfizer? There's a lot of controversy. Which one? Right. What do you, you what, which one do you, would you use in your so clinical again, practice? 
There's no preference. Both mm-hmm. vaccines have That's been good. recommended by CDC, mm-hmm. and they both are good. Mm-hmm. Of course, you have to sit with your patient and go through their profile and see which one will best, you know, fit them. And this is a again shared clinical decision. That right, right. Yeah, and also you have to see about cost. Right, right. Exactly. One of them might be more expensive than right. the other Based one. Based on their insurance. That the insurance what they can right. afford. Yeah. But FDA has has approved both of these, right? right? They both are in the market and they both Yeah. Are and both of them are available right. through your emergency use yeah. authorization is there for yeah. So lastly, give us some preventative measures because we are all suffering from flu every day. My children, grandchildren, they come up sneezing, cold cough. So what do you do? How do you prevent all this, you know, this? I had cough lingering for a long, long time myself. So, I mean, the vaccine is the good news. As I said, that people, if they get vaccinated, I think we can curve down the big epidemic and spread of the disease. And also we can decrease the symptoms, severe symptoms of the disease. The other prevention is always going to help is that we that we saw and we have proof that helped in yeah. COVID, you know, era as well. You know, hand washing, yeah. frequent hand washing, hand washing. Remember, is it for twenty seconds? Right. If all the school will have that in the bathroom right. everywhere. Especially hand we washing. We are back to same now, right? Without especially in winter season when everyone is coughing, closed and atmosphere. We yeah. know that. Uh, RSV infection can spread through coughing, through sneezing, right, through, through the droplets. Contact. Yeah. It's a droplet uh, uh, spread. Hmm. So all we can do is, especially for our younger kids, you know, infants, you know, if, if you are sneezing, coughing, try not to kiss them, try not to die, you know, mm-hmm. have it, touch them on the face because it's usually, you know, go from yeah. hands to the face and nose and mouth and that's how they uh, get this disease. Uh, so frequent hand washing, you know, make sure that you, um, you know, uh, t- when take care of infants, you, you know, take all the preventive measures. I think that's mm-hmm. going to help a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, in public, in crowds, if you wear masks, if you have any, chron- especially older adults, if right. they have any chronic disease, if they are, C- if, if they have COPD or mm-hmm. asthma, if they are oxygen dependent, yeah. I think it's better that if they are in crowds, they use. Yeah, avoid the crowd situation. Crowd. Exactly. Yeah. In, if you know, try not to get exposed to any sick people around yeah, them. Avoid. And I think that's going to help a lot. Yeah, and you know, before uh, when the COVID nineteen had come, Omicron viruses, I read somewhere that counters on the counters the virus and the doorknobs, the viruses stay for a longer long time. Exactly. That's another so thing. Thank you for reminding me. You know, surfaces. Sur- yeah. Any surfaces. And the problem is, if you go to daycares, if you are taking care of younger kids, yeah, they I touch know. everything. You know, they go everywhere. So, you know, kind of disinfecting all the surfaces, yeah. especially the desks and chairs Desk. and doorknobs. Do- and yeah. Everyone is frequently In the bathroom, there's a same. Bathrooms, yeah. exactly. So disinfecting those surfaces yeah, also it's very important. It's yeah. important to take care of um, those yeah. surfaces. Um, 26. The other important data they, they had was about use of um, uh, 
cell phones and yeah, mobile devices. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you, tell us, everybody has, everybody, their uncle have their cell phone. I think that there, there are a number of studies that came out in the last three years, especially yeah. because of the COVID and spread of the COVID. And cell phones. It has been, um, you know, uh, described that especially viruses has been um, spreading through these devices through, um, yeah. a lot, a lot more than anything else nowadays. Right. And you can see, you know, as you said, everyone has one. Everybody and everyone has, has one, one in their hands. And it goes from adults' hands to, you know, younger kids' okay. hands <laughs> and then come back around. So, um, you know, making sure that you clean those surfaces, making sure you um, that the cell clean phone those is clean devices uh, all the time, maybe when you put them on charge <laughs> at night, uh, clean them or first thing in the morning when you use them. One more thing I want to add is that um, this virus, RSV virus, can come back year after year after year in the same person. So the immunity disappears Recurrent. So there are reinfections happening. So it's not like that one person get it one year and they are immune, they're not going to get it again. Right. And I yeah. think that's why the importance of vaccine is there. So that once in other words, you're saying they have this low resistance, right, to right. that, to fight the infection? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. The immunity disappears with time so mm -hmm. that you are again open for the infection mm -hmm. and can catch the infection next year okay. or next season. Thank you, Rosa, for coming to my show. I like to thank our viewers for watching me on this show with Dr. Roshta Malik, and she's infectious disease practitioner. We want to wish each and every one of our listeners and people around in the community to have a safe winter and upcoming spring, right?